Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Below Show with Football Mank Cave. Hello, this is the EFL and Below Show right here from the Manchester Football Social in association with the Football Man Cave. This is your weekly fix of everything in the Football League and below. No Premier League prawn sandwich brigade here on this podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so every time a new podcast is released, it drops straight into your inbox and you can keep up to date from Bolton to Berry, from Rochdale to Ramy. We have you covered on the show. Joining me as always from the Football Man Cave, we've got Ian. How are you doing, mate? You I'm okay? good. I'm good. Aaron, how are you? You're here as well. Very, very, very good. Always very good. I'm very good as well because Aaron has uh, he's he's come through. He's delivered on his promise from maybe five, six weeks ago when we started doing the podcast. He said he was going to bring biscuits at the end of his detox, and they're here. They've arrived, and you've not held back either, have you? You've brought in Lotus biscuits. We've had Lotus biscuits. They were so good. They've all gone. Yeah, literally. all gone. Demolishing it, seconds. It, it, you go. Here you go, Niall. Here's your biscuits, and there's about three left in the packet. <laughs> yeah. But that's fine. It's the thought. It was only that a small packet, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was when you give it him. Hey, listen. It counts. It counts. We'll accept it. Uh, Ian, you had a dodgy week last week, but you seem in a lot better spirits this time. Right? Yes, we're all good. No back pain. No car troubles. No nothing. Something's I literally sat in the house, to be honest, and done now. <laughs> Something's bound to go wrong between now and the end oh, of the show. Oh, don't jinx me. Don't, don't jinx really. me. Honestly, mate, I ripped my trousers earlier today. It's been a, it's been a serious draft. It's been a serious draft uh, ever since. But lots to talk about on the podcast, of course. We're talking about Barry. We're talking about Rami's unbelievable game in the FA Trophy. A 5-5 stale. Well, you can't really call it a stale, mate, when it's 5-5. A 5-5 tie with AFC Fylde of the National League, as well as lots of other bits and pieces. We're going to be discussing the National League North. Let's not forget Joe Thompson as well. The Rochdale man who scored the goal to keep Rochdale in League One after surviving cancer not once but twice. He's announced his retirement, so we're going to be talking about him. But, of course, if you've got any topics you want to discuss on the EFL, and below show send us a tweet it's at mcr footy social and use the hashtag efl below so let's get straight into it we tend to talk about Barry quite a fair bit on this show usually in positive light we've been talking about ryan Lowe over the last few weeks how well he's done uh, in his first managerial job the football that they've been playing the fact that they're only one win away from wembley if they can beat portsmouth in the checker trade trophy but something that's come out is that Barry have been hit with a winding up order. Not one winding up order, but two winding up orders. And I've looked into it a little bit and I think these can sometimes be small things in the world of football. But the fact that that's happened maybe might be a, a slight cause for concern. You, know, you always say what goes on off the pitch uh, affects what goes on on the pitch. The big question will be now is ma- making sure that there's nothing goes wrong on the pitch. Because what's going on the pitch is, you know, you couldn't get much smoother. 
they're in really good shape obviously this winding up order has come up this afternoon not something that you want to hear not good press for the club uh, in terms of uh, Steve Dell coming in the new chairman he's certainly uh, not going to want to hear well he'll, want to hear, he'll have to hear about this but in terms of the outward publicity the outward media for the club um, there's no way of you can't sugarcoat it. It's um, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a problem. So hopefully they'll deal with it behind closed doors. And I think the big thing will have to be try and keep it out of of the media as best you can. I know that's very difficult in this day and age with the power of social media, and uh, make sure it doesn't affect the players. Obviously, it's come out. We're discussing it now. I can't see um, can't see you know leading it ma- blowing up massively, and uh, and it ends up being a huge huge dilemma for the football club, which of course would be derailing the the season of what goes on on the pitch because we can't can't say can't talk of too much negative because that's all been very good so far just hopefully if they can get things ironed out as best as best as possible mm. and um hopefully it'll all be rushed under the carpet but this is this isn't a, a strange thing with Berry. this has happened before sure. they're not uh they're not um what's the word not uh immune from these sort of problems sure. are they Berry? this is quite common for them so uh Gets to a stage, they might just brush. If you're a fan, you just brush it under the carpet. Thing, not another one, surely. Yeah, well, for someone like me who's a, who's a Pompey fan, these are the sort of stories that strike fear into my heart because I know how that feels as a supporter of a club that had many, many winding up orders issued against them, and, and thankfully we came through the other side. Um, just a, a bit more detail on it: a judge in a specialist court has actually dismissed uh, a bid by HMRC to wind up. League Two club Berry. Uh, the judge just dismissed the order and said that the, a debt has been paid. Um, no detail specifically of the amount has been revealed, but we think it's between twenty and thirty grand. Doesn't sound like a lot, but in League Two, these things can add up, and it just goes to show Ian how much money plays a part in modern football. Like you can't get away from it these no, days. Not at all. <clears throat> it says there as well. Steve Dale was like uh, criticised, obviously, how the club was run previously. And when he come into sort of reign as chairman as such, he said there's a lot of work to do. Mm. Obviously, like when we discussed it previously, it was a, a real like one in one out sort of quite a, a shush shush. Very smooth uh, transition. Yeah, and that. I think Very covering smooth. up a lot of this because I think if it yeah. this was say a few weeks ago, or was it four or five weeks ago when it happened, and obviously Barry was on a decent run. Yeah, it, it might have affected him over that Christmas period, and then now, obviously, it's, it's going to come out at some point, but they've probably managed it a little bit better like look we've sorted one out there's another one there but we're dealing with it basically yeah we said this a few weeks ago on the podcast on this very show the ear fell and below show we said that the way that Berry were taken over it was almost as to use your words Aaron sort of brushed under the carpet oh you know by the way thanks very much but we've got new owners his name's Steve Dale and it was discussed before in fan forums and even on Twitter to an extent, Aaron, about whether Berry might be in serious financial trouble due to the previous ownership. And that's why it was sold in the first place. And maybe we're just starting to see signs coming to the surface that that may have been the case. Yeah, I don't think when Steve Dell took over, I don't think he thought this was going to be fantastic and new chairman coming in. The financial problems weren't going to be solved overnight. This is obviously an ongoing problem, which within time will have to be dealt with. My point on this would be, uh, the better they play on the pitch, hopefully with the finances that could come in, um, it will may remove the trouble off the pitch. These problems generally are brought up when things aren't going as well on the pitch. So hopefully, aren't going as well off the pitch, sorry. So hopefully if they can uh, keep putting the wins in in League 2, keep putting points up on the board, this um, this problem hopefully will be um, kept on the down low. As I said before, this has happened before. This is quite common for Berry. 
would people be surprised that uh, they've had a winding up order? Possibly, I don't think they'll be greatly surprised. But um, I think there'll be hope and confidence that with the new chairman in Steve Dale, will he have been expecting it? We don't know about that because we don't know him on a personal basis. But do we think that um, he'll be able to deal with his team will be able to deal with it? And because uh, that's the biggest thing, really, mm. it's all right having one. The biggest problem is, God, can we deal with it? You know, it's a bit of a shock to the system. I don't think this will be uh, too great a shock. But um, obviously, this, uh, don't let it rumble on and just uh, get rid of it straight away and just deal with it head on. Yeah, sure. But this might not be the end of it because the judge did schedule another hearing for March the 13th. So that's Barry and that potential winding up order that was dismissed by the judge. A new hearing has been rescheduled. So we'll try and keep across that as much as we can in future podcasts. But as the transfer window closed last week was kind of the main topic of conversation was the new signings across the league. And uh, someone's brought up on Twitter and I think rightly so you can use the hashtag EFL below uh, tweet us at MCR footy social about this new loan system it's not new it's almost a bit of a revamp it's where top sides so I'm talking top six Premier League clubs will have a cap on the amount of players that they can loan out to foreign clubs and I think between the ages of 21 and 23 there's a maximum of six players can go on loan to a club overseas now, for a club like Chelsea, who have almost basically two whole squads yeah. out on loan I mean, to foreign sides. Is it 40? Sides, 40 players, uh, I think, this ridiculous. season. And I think someone was telling me, Marley, who works at the Manchester Football Social, does our social media for us. He was telling me that uh, Serie A club Atalanta have 71 players on loan. Wow. I mean, uh, how do you keep across 71 players? That's mental. You probably it's don't, do you? <laughs> It's probably don't. Well, you, I suppose that's why you've got to loan them out. And this is yeah. the thing. People have been pointing the finger at Chelsea for years, saying they've got all of this talent there, um, hoarding talent. Yeah. You know, almost like they're hogging it, keeping it away from other teams. So in a way to combat that, this is, is possibly a, a new rule which is going to start next season. Clubs will have a whole year then to fit that criteria. But the argument and the benefit, I guess, for, for football league sides and, and beyond is if they can't send their players abroad, that means they've got to send them on loan yeah to football league clubs or clubs maybe even in the non-league. So there's a chance then that that talent that's getting shipped out abroad to learn their trade might get filtered down through the football league, which could be really beneficial to our greater Manchester sides. Yeah, and again, it goes back, keep going about previous podcasts, but we talked about that loan system having something in place. Um, Obviously, not like an NFL draft as such, but this could benefit now, obviously, League One, League Two, even National League teams. And then ultimately... Could benefit the English national side as well because you've got English players or English um, footballers who've come through the ranks who know England, who know how to play football, and you can start uh, like a little bit of a system going on. You know, instead of sending them abroad, everyone sort of says, "Look, it's good for players to go abroad and blah blah blah." But why not keep them within England and keep them down near the lower leagues? Let them learn a bit of physicality, let them learn a bit of a trade, sure, and then let them work their way back up. Instead of just just giving it him on a plate. Yeah, I totally agree. And a prime example would be someone like Harry Kaneum because yeah. he's gone on loan to Leighton Orient at the start of his career, then to Leicester when they were in the Championship, and then he got his break back at Spurs, and now he's England's best striker, one of the best strikers in the world. But he started off by learning his trade at Leighton Orient. Now, if he had gone abroad somewhere, I don't know, Spain, France, Italy, wherever, he might not be the same player he is today. Yeah, exactly. And it gives a chance for those Championship, League One, League Two sides to maybe unearth a gem. And it's going to benefit them, obviously, as well. If they've got in say, Chelsea youngsters and one of the star midfielders coming down to even League One, it's it's going gonna, gonna to raise the standards of them leagues as well. Mm. Obviously, we sort of see the championship. I think it's the fifth most viewed league in the in the 
the world, I think, or Europe. I'm not yeah. 100% sure on that, but it can sort of benefit League One, League Two, National League, even to a point, National League, no, because what that'll do then is when players come in from there, obviously, them clubs will be looking to loan players out, and it's like a bit of a knock on effect overall and it could really sort of bring the standard of football up massively and I think maybe Aaron that is a better way to do it than the checker trade trophy having under 21 size this seems like a more logical financially maybe not as beneficial for clubs but certainly in terms of generating and developing young English talent and getting them to play in the leagues having this new loan system for me seems a better option than having that silly rule in the checker trade trophy with academy teams well if you're a player and you're 18 19 20 one thing you want to be doing is playing don't you every week you want to be getting 90 minutes week in week out mm. what you don't want to be doing is you know having five minute cameo appearances here and there yeah or uh, you know playing in the checker trade you perhaps would rather want to have a season in the championship or league one some players are different, aren't they? Some will rather go out abroad, maybe, to improve their trade wherever they feel most comfortable. So I think it comes down to the individual about where you want to go and uh, where they want to play. But in terms of for our English game and uh, hopefully maybe recruiting some of the better, younger Premier League stars and taking them into the uh, the English football leagues, I think it can only be a positive in terms, as you said, Ian, yeah. I agree, raising the standard. And just, you know, the profile of bringing in maybe a young star whose people have recognised. I saw him playing for England under-19s. I've heard about him for England under-18s, under-21s, because we know that over the last few years they've had lots of success in their uh, their national tournaments. So, you know, I just give, I think, the league a boost. Obviously, raising the quality would be very good. Um, we all want to see English players coming in, growing up and developing. The amount of times we've had people have had conversations of foreign players coming in and, you know, taking... English places and I think is it is it 33% of the players in the Premier League are English obviously you know we want to bring them into the lower leagues but just obviously then working the trade um, here instead of abroad and um, it just keeps everyone together and obviously they come back up in should they come to the Premier League when they've developed like a Harry Kane and it just gives everyone a better hope and it'll boost the Nationals team's chances at the World Cup because we'd have We'd all like to see England do well at the World Cup and with these young players, as we saw at the last tournament, we said the likes of Dele Alli and you know, players like that. It was a very young squad last year, Harry Maguire, another one. So just obviously them learning the trade um, in dropping a couple of leagues, them coming back, it could make the world of difference than, say, you know, going to Italy or Spain. Yeah. Could have a monetary like backdrop on it as well. Just say, for instance, Oldham had a, had a player who's played a season or so and then he ends up going on to... England international, there could be some sort of something, something in, pl- in yeah. place that, like, if X happens and is played X amount of games at your club, then you get a nice little backhander, drops Drop a bit of money into the lower leagues whilst giving them players at the same time, sort of fills that money through. That could be really good. Um, I agree with that. Sort of, um, if you had a player who went to Oldham, young star, nineteen twenty did really well at Oldham. We know that'd be a stepping stone. Then he moves up and then saying three or four years later he's playing in a Premier League team and then for the World Cup. If you're an Oldham fan and you're an Oldham club thinking, we developed that play, we took him on, the personal satisfaction you mm. get from that would be huge. When we recorded our last podcast, it was on transfer deadline day, but it wasn't late in transfer deadline day. It was maybe sort of early evening. Later on that day, Sunderland came in and bid for Will Grigg from Wigan. Obviously, Wigan, one of our local sides in Greater Manchester. Three million quid for a League One side. These Premier League parachute payments are obviously really helping sides like Sunderland. They've helped Wigan, maybe not so much in in the last few years when they got relegated from the Championship. But 
Is it a level playing field now in the Football League? Do you think with these Premier League parachute payments that really these teams stand a chance against sides that get relegated from the Premier League? No, I don't know. I'm not 100%. I think I think it all goes back to how the club's ran. I mean, obviously, you sort of look at Bolton, how that's ran. Um, even even buried there, Oldham couldn't afford to pay players uh, the other week. So I think it's if you've got a, a decent financial advisor as such or, or whatever the title is, if you've got someone like that who can manage that money right, then yeah, it, it would work. And obviously, the money will filter through. But I think if a club's sort of stagnated in League One, League Two, there's no amount of money there that's, that's going to give them additional unless they win Trekker Trade Trophy or to go down the line like Newport and who went to the FA Cup and get mm. additional funds somewhere else. But that's that doesn't happen on a regular basis, does it? So I don't know. I don't think it's so much a playing field, but I think clubs are risking more because obviously they've got to get bigger rewards because the, the drop down into the leagues obviously affects the money. And then ultimately, you see clubs not going out of business, but yeah, you know, down and down. So yes, it's a tough one with money. You mentioned Bolton there, and Joey Barton's not been a happy man. He's the manager of Fleetwood Town. Obviously, Ched Evans, we know about him, a striker at Fleetwood who uh, who knows League One well, can perform at that level, has played at a higher level, of course, as well. He's been taking a swipe at Phil Parkinson, the Bolton manager, for trying to sign Ched Evans in what he calls an incorrect fashion on transfer deadline day. Uh, apparently, he defended the club's choice, Fleetwood's choice, to refuse permission for Ched Evans to cut short his loan from Sheffield United to move to the championship with Bolton. And I think what Joey Barton was really annoyed about was the fact that Bolton left it so late on deadline day to come in and try and make a move for Evans, to try and bring him in to keep them in the championship it would have given Barton absolutely no time to try and find a replacement. I don't think it's just that, but also the manner in which Bolton approached Fleetwood. Um, there's desperation sometimes on transfer deadline day, and I think this is one of those cases, Aaron. You stole me the exact word there, desperation. It was a desperate thing from a very desperate club. Oldham could... <laughs> Oldham could... Rushed... Bolton. Bolton. God. <laughs> yeah, Wigan will just go around all the clubs till I get the right one. <laughs> Bolton Wanderers Football Club... They could literally, you know, paint a wall and they'd do it in their own colour, couldn't they? Mm. Or, you know, try and put red seats in, but, you know, they'd get green seats. Yeah. They just couldn't do anything right, could they? It's just, Joey Barton's going to defend this club. We know he's definitely got a, a sharp tongue at times, but Bolton trying for players, trying to get signings in, it was just, you know, just add it to the list of, like, embarrassing things. They're a bit like, a, you know, a naughty school child where every day they just keep doing things wrong. Or they're a bit clumsy, like want you know, like they break a toaster or something and drop a load of frying pans on the floor. They're a bit like the Bolton are a bit like that. They drop a few, few clangers every now and then. But we know Joey Barton's always going to defend his club and uh, he's not going to. He always has something to say. His comments were reasonably hilarious. They'll probably get relegated to League One. That was his uh, closing statement, from what I've read. Did Bolton have to give him 24 hours notice? Yes. That, that's the, the that's sticking point, Bolton, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. he's on loan from Sheffield United. Yeah. And then... So there's three yeah, clubs so in So he can't just come in last minute. No, it's, not, it's not a buy, is it? I mean, it, it, it's not a buy. It's uh, cut cut short your loan at there. Fleetwood yeah. to come and loan to Bolton to the end of the season. Now, obviously, that's going to annoy Barton. Sunderland, along with every other League One striker on the face of this planet, <laughs> they were interested as well. And... Uh, Joey Barton was saying that, well, Sunderland, they want to actually buy Ched Evans yeah. from Sheffield United. Which is a different, rather than different argument him. then, yeah. A- absolutely. So his hands were tied in that situation rather than asking Sheffield United to cut Fleetwood's loan short and get him over on loan to Bolton. 
24 hours notice is obviously it's respectful it's courteous but i mean to do it so late on deadline day with no chance of, of barton getting a replacement that's what annoyed him but apparently ched evans was in a hotel with his agent waiting for bolton to complete the, the deal it? and if you if that's the sort of thing that comes out in the press which it has done can that disrupt a dressing room do you think knowing that yeah obviously he's like well, he might not be wanting to but he's preparing to go to another club so his mindset's somewhere else do you know what i mean so if he's sort of saying well obviously his hands are tight because if sheffield united have then turned around and said look you're going bolton and he's he's their employee as such and he's so yeah you're doing that so if he's sat there and he's waiting and he's like i've been told to go ahead then obviously in one way you can't really blame him because he's like i'm just getting told where i'm going this is a weird one for me, Aaron, because I can't imagine with the financial situation that Bolton are in at the moment, the issues that are going on both uh, inside the club and off the pitch with all the problems that are just so visible at the moment. If you're Ched Evans, I can't imagine the wages would be t- that much greater between Fleetwood and, uh, and Bolton. I know Bolton are a much bigger club. It's championship versus League One. But if I'm Ched Evans, I would want to stay at Fleetwood just I wouldn't want to be involved in all of that stuff, knowing that you might not get paid on time, knowing that you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. That doesn't seem like a smart move for me if I'm a striker. Yeah, the fact that Chad Evans was sat in a hotel room with his agent kind of shows, you know, where his heart lies. He's obviously not that much faithful to Fleetwood, is he? Obviously going to Bolton. That'd be a body blow if you were Fleetwood thinking, this guy wants to go to Bolton. Didn't he score the winner against Charlton on the the Saturday? he did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, think of where Bolton, the problems that Bolton have at the moment, you you wouldn't want to go there. The thing that strikes me was he was probably ready for the move, wasn't he? If it had happened two days before, he might well have gone, I'm sure, after he, you know, as you said, scored the winner in the last game. I'm sure he was thinking, thank God I didn't go to Bolton Wonders, yeah. look at me now. Uh, but you've, you've got to give credit to Barton. I know we're going a bit off topic here, but credit to Barton sticking up for his players and that. But if he's Ched Evans... You wouldn't want to go to who would want to go to Bolton at the moment. It's a bit of a car crash, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I certainly wouldn't want to go there. Coming up, we're going to be talking about Joe Thompson. What an inspirational character he is after he announced his retirement. He's beaten cancer twice and scored the goal to keep Rochdale in League One last season. Ramsbottom versus AFC Fylde doesn't sound like a classic on paper, but certainly was in the ground. 5-5. What a game in the FA Trophy. And we have a National League North roundup for you. All that on the EFL and Below Show. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Below Show with Football Mank Cave. Yes, this is the EFL and Below Show right here from the Manchester Football Social. If there's anything you want us to talk about in future podcasts, make sure you send us a tweet, hashtag EFL Below. Use the Twitter handle at MCR Footy Social and we'll be sure to chat about it in the next episode of the EFL and Below Show. Coming up, we're going to talk about Rochdale. Well, I don't want to call it a mini revival because they've only That's won... a real mini revival. <laughs> a really, really mini revival. As many as you can get. They finally won a game. But I think the focus from Rochdale's point of view should be on the retirement of Joe Thompson, which we're going to talk about very shortly. Rams bottom against AFC File. That's going to a replay, but after a rather strange encounter up there at Ramy. And then, of course, the National League North. Lots of our teams in Greater Manchester involved in that. Joining me in the studio, we've got Ian. How are you, mate? I'm good. We've got Aaron as well. How are you doing? Very good. How are you I'm, now? I'm, how are you? I'm good. Never I'm, ask. How are you? I'm good because I'm fueled with biscuits that you brought in. Who brought, um, obviously, happened. just make sure I brought them in. Oh, bloody hell, brought biscuits in, have we? <laughs> he's on his high horse now. Jesus. He's, he's brought biscuits just, in. Look at the sugar's back in his body. He's giving it the big one. I'm, I'm just flattening down the gold star on my hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron and Ian in the studio. I'm Niall. This is the EFL and Below Show. Let's get straight back into it then and talk about Rochdale, of course. They did manage to win a game at the weekend. I know, hurrah. Finally. Blazing, finally. Um, you went to a fan forum a couple of weeks ago. You said it was a little bit hostile yeah. there. This is going to do them some favours. Um, we'll talk about Joe Thompson in a second, but good for them to get a result. Keith Hill was starting to come under the cosh a little bit, wasn't he? Yeah, two alone signings as well. Um, both Ethan's bagged the goal each. and it, they, they looked, I won't say they looked half decent, but they looked better than, than they have been. Obviously, I think the, the freshness, the new players have come in, obviously give them a little bit of a boost and... You hope as well, just from a great Manchester point of view, that it can sort of give them that lift now. Like they've got a win, I think, beginning of December, I think the last time they won. So it should give them that little bit of a boost. Um, the results have kind of, obviously, they got that battering over four or five games and then it, they've started just improving slightly. They got the win. So we're hoping now it just starts that little bit of a kick on and that bottom of the lo- uh, yeah. League One so tight that really a couple is. of wins could really drop them into mid table. Yeah. And then. The other way, a couple of losses and they're out of touch. 100%. I think you're absolutely spot on there, mate. If you look, 23 points. Wimbledon look cut adrift to basement boys in League One. But Shrewsbury have dropped into there. They were leading the promotion race last season. They were top of the table for a long while last season in League One. They're down there, 31 points. Bradford and Oxford also complete the relegation zone, both on 32 points. But surviving outside of the relegation zone by the medium of goal difference, you've got Bristol Rovers. Gillingham are down there. Typical Gillingham are just above the relegation zone, and they're the only side to have beaten Pompey twice this season. <laughs> Can you believe it? Unbelievable. Uh, and then you've got, of course, Rochdale on 34 points, then Walsall on 35, Plymouth 36. So Rochdale with that win, I say two points above the relegation zone, but as Ian said, that can be cut so, so quickly, especially with the games that are coming up for them. I mean, it's not going to be easy to, to keep their heads above water. Every game's a six-pointer, isn't it, for Rochdale, for any of those teams down at the bottom. Their victory last game, was it over Walsall? Am I yeah, right? I think yeah, over correct. Walsall. Yeah, they're, uh, they're in 17th, so obviously they're just now a point um, above Dale. 
Uh, massive boost for Rochdale, bringing obviously the new players have come in. Again, we talked on the podcast last week about new players coming in, obviously freshening of the blood. You know what players you're going to sign in January, what they're going to do, and you do hope for an immediate impact. Almost they can be panic buys in the uh, the January transfer window. Hope they do well, and um, obviously it's only one game. This could be the ultimate one-off win. They've got a tough February though. They've got Coventry and um, Luton. Yeah, Luton, then, Luton absolutely flying. By exactly. The way. It's but be then they've fun. also got Plymouth, who are just above them, and Wimbledon. So it's it's a case of trying win the two games and try and get at least a point out of the the Coventry Luton game. It's one of those, isn't it? The Wimbledon game, you kind of automatically think three points there, so far cut adrift. But the Luton one, you're thinking, you know, write it off. We're probably going to lose. You're better off preparing for uh, Wimbledon and nailing your three points there and just yeah. not giving up on Luton but if you don't win you know we we go again in another game it's and a not, lot more of a blow to lose to Wimbledon is what you're saying yeah, yeah. and not, and not yeah. get too worked up about it Rochdale won't expect to to beat Luton I'm sure um, Plymouth you know, are doing well if they though. take any part it's a if they take any part it's a bonus Plymouth have won four out of the last five games I know that's and only two points in front of them yeah, no, they've they've turned That's it around. They they were yeah. bottom of the league for a long time, Plymouth. So fair play to them. But what about Rochdale? Because they're not going to have one player amongst their ranks any longer because he's decided to retire at the age of just 29, having played 203 times for Rochdale. He's come out and said he's pushed his body to the absolute limit, and retiring was one of the hardest decisions he's ever made. And this is a man who's beaten cancer twice. Fair play to Joe Thompson. He's only 29, but what a career, considering what he's had to go through, Ian. you yeah. just got to tip your hat to the man. I mean, it's, it's literally like a fairy tale story, and it obviously makes his comeback. Scores within two minutes of coming on to save the club that he's, he started off with. It's just like an Hollywood sort of writing. But I was chatting to a couple of Rochdale fans today, and they were saying, ideally, really, that he should have stopped it then, end of season. And obviously, for him, he's, he didn't want to quit, does he? Obviously, he's... He's beaten cancer twice, so he's not a quitter. Mm. But obviously, it's just caught up with him. But a lot of people have sort of said today, maybe after that game and, and the heights he'd, he'd reached at that point, maybe he should have just called it a day then. But he didn't, and then fair play to him, crack on. I wouldn't have done. No, me. I wouldn't, I definitely, 100%. I definitely wouldn't have done. I think that's a little bit um, disrespectful for yeah. some of those supporters to say that, just in my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah. But as a man, he's come out and said that he's had to put his body through so much, Aaron. I mean, yeah. with all the yeah, rehab yeah, yeah. And, and all the treatment and stuff like sure. that, that he just wasn't able to carry on anymore. And people say that it's an easy life being a professional footballer. But when you're under that sort of pressure and that sort of stress, along with having to battle an evil illness like cancer, with all the treatment and all the fitness and all the training and stuff that he's had to do as well on his recovery, you can see why he, he's had to make that decision. Yeah, uh, excuse me, apologies if I'm wrong on this, but I've read in the past... That obviously when he was um, diagnosed with it a second time, he played up until he could play no more. Yeah. You know, he's obviously it shows the determination of the guy and the, the goal he scored on, to keep Rochdale up at the end of last season. You know, could do no wrong in the in supporters' eyes after that. You know, very down to earth and he's an inspiration for so many people. Uh, outside of football, there is a stereotype, you know, overpaid prima donnas. We've heard that one so many times, but... Uh, Joe Thompson books the trend on that point. Very re- relatable for so many people in terms of, you know, fight, resilience, perseverance to carry on, just to play on right until, you know, his body could take it no more. He'll leave uh, on the high. He's um, a role model to look up to. Yeah. And, um, you know, good luck to him in his retirement. I don't think you can say any more than that. And I uh, hope he stays um, healthy and uh, mm. well for the rest of his life because he deserves it because... 
he sounds like a very good man. Yeah, likewise. Couldn't couldn't agree with you any more there, Aaron. And I think he's going to pursue a career in sort of motivational speaking, Ian, and, and talking to people um, about their difficulties with cancer in sport and stuff like that. He could be a really useful asset for an organisation yeah. like the PFA or even just in, in English sport or world sport in general in just being a guiding light. And he's, he's almost a trailblazer in a sense as a way of showing people that if they do get this sort of illness or any sort of illness for that matter, and they are professional athletes, there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is a way out. And he's sort of a, a beacon in terms of that sense where he can show people that it can be done. And he might be really useful for that in sort of giving advice to other athletes. Yeah, I mean, if you're not inspired by a guy who's, who's done what he's done, beaten cancer twice, come back twice, played football and said literally can't play football anymore... Then, then there's something something wrong with you. And I think if he's used right in whatever capacity he's going into, 100% it's got to be a mentor capacity. I've not read his book, but I've heard his book. He's absolutely brilliant. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like I say, best of luck to him. And hopefully, like I say, he, he can just give people inspiration, give some that motivation. Because obviously, when people sort of hear that, that cancer word, it just, it just rocks them, doesn't it, straight away. So if he can just give someone a little bit of something, then it's worthwhile, isn't it? One of the similarities you can look up to, obviously Fabrice Mwamba, similar thing. He mm. obviously, uh, um, well, obviously he was, he, had that terrible event on the pitch. He was dead. Yeah, he, no. he was dead. It's unbelievable. And um, obviously, it, that was in the March, wasn't it, in the FA Cup. They played Tottenham that night, Bolton. And then just before the end of the season, he was out on the pitch, you know. Um, every, the fans were on the pitch. It was a real emotional night. And you can see the impact that a player can have. And Thompson's a similar situation. Obviously, does his inspirational speaking. He could go to any club, say at half time or pre game, do a dinner, and you know, he'd always going to get a really good applause. Yeah. And people like Joe Thompson, Fabrice Muamba, the impact they can have in a, such a positive sense. You know, it does football good, doesn't it? You know, yeah, the fighting sure. spirit, the determination of those type of people. And you know, sort of, you can imagine footballers, you know, the celebrities, you mm. can't touch them. You almost think at times these people, you know, are almost invisible to these problems you know they could never quite get them but uh obviously it makes it obviously so much more relatable to when they have these types of issues and for them to be out and obviously with the the social media presence thompson has is uh could be very useful for him absolutely wish joe thompson all the best in his retirement an inspirational figure and i think that's something we're all agreed on here at the manchester football social what was inspirational in the FA Trophy as well was Ramsbottom United's comeback against AFC Fylde of the National League. I may as well go straight to you on this, Aaron, because you were there and you told me that you were heartbroken. The score ended 5-5. I, I only watched it via Twitter and I could not believe it. I was at the Salford City versus Maidstone game in the same competition on the Tuesday evening that the game was played. And I was checking my Twitter and it was just 2-0, whatever the score was, <laughs> ended up 5-5 in the end. You were there. You, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, the yeah. best person to talk about it. First-hand account, that has got to be up there with one of the most incredible games of football you've ever seen. That is, I tweeted it, that is the best game I've seen all season by a mile. And it probably will it will go down as one of the best games I've ever been to. And you've watched City versus Liverpool. So um, that was your tweet? I've watched that and it was a better game than that. Oh, that, that, was, that speaks volumes. The, the Ramsbottom game, that was better than the City-Liverpool yeah. by a mile. I mean, the quality maybe <laughs> might be a bit... The, a but in terms of entertainment level, and enjoyment... In terms of entertainment, people think outside the top six 
in the Premier League football is nothing. They think, God, you know, does life exist out of the, the <laughs> top six for, you know, the snobby football fans? But obviously, of course, it exists. And I think you were at the wrong game now. Just to yeah, give a quick I think I was. brief summary, 2-0 down. If you, there was probably no one. If you were to, you know, ask the Ramid players and you trust the manager, Chris Wilcock, did you think you'd have a chance? You probably wouldn't think so. And then to be 2-0 down to you know, drag back into the game to get to 2-2 and then to go 4-2 down again to do it once and then to do it again just shows you know what the team's been about. I've been saying on this podcast they've got great fighting spirit, they've got great resilience to just keep going and going and going and they've been playing so well in their own league and the fact that they can take it to a team like Fylde who are doing so well in the National League, you know, the confidence that will give them and to believe that they can go again because after it went to 5-4 you could just see the foul defenders looking at each other thinking you what's know, going on how's this happening about, and, uh, we were discussing this last week and we said you know do Rami have a chance yes they do one of the reasons could be complacency of foul and you could just see you know 4-2 up obviously 2-0 up a bit relaxed and for them to be 2-0 up to go to 2-2 then to go to 4-2 you know you let yourself into the same trap again and They'd have been com- the biggest compliment you can play to Rami is Falder's been coming off that pitch thinking that this is probably the toughest, one of the toughest away games we'll play all season. Because yeah. the momentum in the second half quish- very, very quickly, incredibly just switched around to Ramsbottom. The fact that Fylde would have walked off thinking, cool, we're lucky to get away with that one there. Yeah. There's testament to how well Ramsbottom United played, testament to how they came back into the game. You said to me just before we started recording the podcast that your overriding feeling was actually heartbreak. You were pretty much gutted that Rami couldn't get the job done. That just says everything to me. Yeah, obviously. I mean, the fact the fifth goal went in, and you know the the manager was running on the pitch with the with the you know on the assist. Oh, but it was and, scenes, weren't oh, it? Was, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Everyone was going was going uh, was going mental. You could have you could probably heard the noise from here. It was that loud. And um, obviously, for it to go to five five at the end of the game, you shake hands. We say right, we go again and. If I, if I was a businessman, I'd be saying you need to go to Fylde next week to uh, to you know to watch part two of the game. It probably won't be as good. It's almost impossible for it to be as good. But you know, you look at it. You could look at your phone and you think, looking through the scores, and you you're expecting to look at Salford scores, Barnet scores, Stockport scores, and then you just see Ramsbottom five five. Yeah. You know what's going on there. And honestly, it was a great game for a neutral. If you're involved with the two clubs, you know, the exhilaration, it was up and down. And for me, it represented what sport is, you know, and what football was unexpected. Anything can happen, you know, at, if you said at 2-0 down and 4-2 down, would they even get a chance of, you know, a replay? You'd have, there'd have been not a chance near where I was sitting. Uh, there was a fan who said, uh, if this game goes to a replay, but it won't do. And then obviously it did and it uh, <laughs> shocked a few people and, you know... I sadly won't be able to get to the game at Fylde next week, but if you can, please do go, because that spectacle was fantastic. Uh, one guy uh, for Ramsbottom, Nick Evangelinos, he uh, probably, although he might never admit it, he uh, obviously they all played, the players played fantastic, but he was the uh, the shining light for Rami. Yeah, well done Ramsbottom United and wishing them all the best in their replay uh, against AFC Fylde. Salford and Maystone were tied at one apiece. Uh, it wasn't the most entertaining games we played. How many was there, by the way? 743 <clears throat> at Ramsbottom. Great work. There could have been more. There could have been more. Only 701 at, at Salford, but the winner... There definitely was more. Definitely was more then. <laughs> The winner of the Salford against Mason game will, will get a tie against Stockport, who are still absolutely flying in the National League North. So let's talk about our greater Manchester teams in the National League North before we close out the end of the podcast. 
Kurz and Ashton, they could hit the playoffs, really. Um, there's a chance of it. Altrincham still in the playoffs. How do you see that, that playoff shake-up, Ian? Because Altrincham in seventh are, are just hanging on to those playoff berths at the moment. Chester, Chester hot on their heels. Um, but Kurz and Ashton, only four points off. And as we know in these leagues, it's flying up. it can turn around so quick. Do you know what we've been championing on the website now for about three or four weeks of Kurz and Ashton, the impossible dream playoffs. And uh, the more we're writing about it, the more we sort of believe in ourselves that <laughs> it actually might happen. But um, Curzon have actually got a, got a match against Altrincham. Um, I'm not sure if it's this weekend or the weekend after. I think if they beat that, if, if they win that, then they close that gap. I mean, the gap's real close anyway. You've got you've got two points between five teams, and Curzon and Ashton are just outside that. So they won eight nil last night to get to the uh, Manchester Premier Cup final. Eight nil. So they're on a roll. They're unbeaten. Yeah. It's looking really good for the Nash, and um, I'd say if they win, then they're in with a massive shout, and what a turnaround that'd be. It doesn't seem two minutes ago we were potentially talking about Curzon being relegated, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and obviously the quick turnaround is uh, is incredible for them, and it just shows any club in them in uh, sort of the national leagues, you know, you get one or two wins, the confidence you get and the momentum, it just takes you know to another level, and mm. anyone can beat anyone, and it just shows proves the entertainment and what a story that would be for Curzon if they went up. I mean, to beat to beat Chester, and they're only below one place below Altrincham, so why can't they beat Altrincham? And Altrincham yeah. are a bit indifferent, they're like win loss win loss, so. Mm. It's um, yeah, I think it's a massive opportunity for him, and it be it was so good to sort of see that that so, rise this year. It'd be brilliant. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned the R word there, Aaron, the dreaded relegation, uh, and two of our greater Manchester sides in National League North, Ashton United and FC United of Manchester, are both in the relegation zone. It'd be sorry to see two of those drop out of the league, wouldn't yeah, it? Definitely. Um, so. Massive, massive February for them coming up. Especially FC United have got some really important games. Well, FC and Ashton have all got teams like in and around them during February. Ashton are on their own two-game unbeaten run after beating FC United, so they've sort of bringing and themselves back in. They've got games in. in hand as well, a couple of they've games got, in hand, yes, which is really yeah. helpful. So it's the, again, it's, it's one of them, and we've said it, we've said it on our podcast, a couple of wins, and I think I read in in one of the um, the forums, I think it might have been FC United's, and they said, "Why can't we do what Curzon have done?" Like. What's the difference? I mean, they've flew the table with a couple of wins. Why can't we do the same? And that's, I think people are sort of looking at Curzon now thinking, if they can do it, we can do it. And it's given them a bit of a jolt up. I think when you look at the National League, it's all about short term. They play so many games a season. You know, you're probably going to get 15, a 15 game window where you've got to storm it and you've got to get as many points you can in, say, a 15 game. 15, 16 game spell, you're going to have some times where you don't win in 10 and you're going to have times where you know you win 9 out of 10 and it's in that time you have that momentum, you have that confidence, you've just got to keep it going, just keep it building, that's what Curzon have done and if you're FC United and Ashton you're thinking, you know, can we in a 10 game spell, you know, even get 4 or 5 wins because mm. you just don't know, the minute you get 2 wins on the run and then you find yourselves on 3, you know, you feel on top of the world. Just looking at uh, for our local teams, the National League North, it's like on a pendulum, isn't it? One's yeah. up there, one's up there. It's like, you know, the most incredible seesaw you've ever seen with Stockport up there and Altrincham and Chester going up there. It's like, what's going to happen? Yeah, we'll have to keep our eyes across that right here on the EFL and Below Show. This has been the Manchester Football Social in association with the Football Mank Cave. But before we finish the podcast, lads...
You know what that sound means? It means that there's a little bit of a contest. <laughs> Ian, your face there. <laughs> oh, your face is brilliant. Honestly, if I lose this one, I'm going to be fuming. Okay, there's absolutely no skill involved in this. Right. It's potluck. And I, I hope you're feeling lucky because nothing's bad happened to you this week. Nope. Nothing nope, bad happened to you. So good streak. You're on a good streak. So it's Chinese New Year this week. So happy Chinese New Year to you, Ian, to you, Aaron. Same to you. Thank you happy very Chinese much. New happy Year. Happy New Year to you too. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, good to uh, to have you in on the podcast during Chinese New Year, as as it would be any week. Doesn't matter what uh, doesn't matter what international festival's going on. We will be recording. <laughs> you want us here every week, yeah, no? Yeah, of course, of course. Come on, make you week this course podcast. We do. Okay, nice easy one, nice short one to end. Chinese New Year, Chinese Zodiac, something Ian knows very well because he's got tattoos about it on his Yeah, mind. let's not talk about that. The Why? wife won't speak to me for weeks. <laughs> weeks. What's that one on your arm there? What's that one? Oh, look at him. Right. So I've got a tattoo <laughs> no. on my arm. Okay. What if I let myself in for now? <laughs> I've got a tattoo on my arm of each year, obviously when you're born, it's a year of, like say, this year's the year of the pig. So each of, like, there's me and my wife and my three kids. I've got a tattoo of each of their years. Unfortunately... My wife was born in the year of the pig, and she has gone mental over my tattoo of a pig representing her. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think why. I really can't think why. Oh, she's going to be fuming. On that theme, you've basically taken my quiz idea. So I want you to tell me, as quick as you can, fingers on buzzers, uh, what my Chinese zodiac animal is. Oh, um, tiger. No. A rabbit. No. Uh, rat. No. Hedgehog. No. Dog. Yes. Yes. He's got yes. one. Yes. He's Get got in. one. Get in for him. There we go. I am buzzing. Retiring. Here Done. we go. There we go. He's pulled one back. A reminder that I'm winning 2 1 yeah, in the box. Because I'm winning. I'm not bothered. You can't retire now. You're, you're 2 1 down. Last There's goal wins. Of... <laughs> <laughs> Next goal wins. Love it. This has been the EFL and Below Show right here on the Manchester Football Social. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. It would mean a lot to us if you can uh, leave a review on the show. And if you do have a shine into Towards Manchester United and Manchester City, as well as an EFL or non-league side, that you can find dedicated podcast feeds to those clubs. Just search Manchester City Football Social or Manchester United Football Social wherever you find your podcasts and hit subscribe to those as well. But I've been Niall. Thanks to Ian. Thanks to Aaron. This has been the EFL and Below Show. We'll see you next time. Manchester Football Social. Subscribe to the podcast now and never miss a show. The Manchester Football Social, EFL and Below Show, with Football Mank Cave. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.